Hi, and welcome to the Theme Park Trailer Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Dan. Hello. This week... (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because you started laughing. Uh, I just expect there to be laughter now. Just my intro is just, it's just a complete joke now. That's what it is. You're just a joke. (laughs) An utter joke. Absolute. This week, we're chatting about what we think will happen when Walt Disney World and, you know, we can extend that to other theme parks as well, but primarily Walt Disney World reopens and what it means for the parks in the near future. It's, we've, we've seen a lot of um, articles, a lot of commentary in the, over the last few weeks, and we wanted to wait until we had a bit more of an understanding of what could happen before we did the show. But I think, yeah, we want to just talk through what we think will happen, what's realistic and what our thoughts are, really. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic. Clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So reopening. Mm. Not been confirmed yet. No, no. Um, I mean, when do you think it could happen? I think June. June? Yeah, I think um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if the US started lifting stuff in June. Obviously, I think some states have already started the process of lifting some restrictions and debatable as to whether you think that's too early or not. I think it's way too early. I'm personally, Me too. I, <laughs> I mean, our government here in the UK has said, said that there's a plan for the exit strategy coming out next week or this week as this episode goes out. I still think that will be an extension of a lockdown. Yeah, I mean, obviously them releasing a plan doesn't actually mean it's going to happen imminently, does it? It just means this is the plan of when, when lock, lockdown is lifted, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I think, I think, <clears throat> I mean, there's been very conflicting messages from Mr. Trump. Um, at some points he seems to say everything should be reopened and then suddenly, but the official line is that, you know, there's, there should be a phased approach kind of spanning several weeks and it depends on testing. I think like if you have, so many days of decreasing tests or something like that. I can't remember yeah. what the official thing is, but yeah. Um, so, you know, even once they do lift the lockdown, it, it should be a phased approach, shouldn't it? I think so. And I think certainly for Walt Disney World, obviously being the probably the biggest entertainment thing in America, maybe outside of... Um, I mean, I guess Vegas is probably smaller, but I mean, in terms of like your tourist traps, you've got Walt Disney World, yeah. you've got Disneyland, and you, you've you got places like Las Vegas. Now, obviously, there's so much to do, like, you know, the Rockies and all that kind of thing, but there's a, they're outside, they're, they can be a bit more easily socially, socially distanced. I think mm-hmm. in terms of sheer masses of people in one place, obviously, New York itself, you've got a huge issue with, and they've been um, one of the worst hit... Um, cities in, in the entire world really but i think when it comes to entertainment destinations certainly walt disney world is probably the largest or or one of the largest sorry my phone is <laughs> unprofessional ryan unprofessional um yeah i mean obviously they get what 20 20 plus million visitors a year i can't remember what the last count was um yeah which is an insane amount isn't it and you know, they can, obviously we know the capacity of Magic Kingdom is 100,000. That's just in one day. Um, obviously yeah. they don't get that every day. 
but no. they do hit that on you know particular days. Yeah, um, for me, it's about what what is responsible for Disney and what is irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You know, putting putting a hundred thousand people into a, a what is quite a small space when you've got that many people in a park. Yeah, is highly irresponsible. And I think you know, first I think first of all, let's talk about the secure circuit protocol, which was banded around like a couple of weeks ago now. I I don't think that this is actually that realistic, um, but it certainly got got some traction. Um, I'm just going to read it out. So the secure circuit protocol is still the preferred plan for reopening. Again, this is rumour. It hasn't come from from an official Disney source. Secure circuit does the following. Magic Kingdom reopens with limited capacity, no theatres, no parades, no castle shows, no fireworks, and sanitised ride vehicles after every guest exit. Magic Kingdom resorts reopen with strict distancing guidelines in place. Monorails would not operate. Ferries and boat transportation would operate with distancing in place. Health checks would be introduced at every security checkpoint. This would include temperature checks and Q&A, including locations you've travelled to in the past 14 days. Guests will, be able, will have to sign additional legal forms, clearing Disney of liability, potential exposure to COVID. Epcot will remain closed if other parks are able to reopen prior to September. Hollywood Studios reopened, limited capacity, no indoor theatres, no parades, fireworks, and sanitised rides. Um, and if I can just find the other one. I'm sure there was more to this. Animal Kingdom reopens with limited, limited capacity, blah, blah, blah. No rivers of light. Oh, dear, what a shame. Sanitised <laughs> by vehicles. Uh, Jungle Trek would be be closed. Um, no close encounters with animals. Transportation guidelines still being developed. Dining guidelines still being developed. No character meet and greets. No character dining. Water parks will not reopen. Uh, DVC details still being developed. Sanita- sanitation stations available throughout the parks. Um, the ma- mask will be a requirement for all adults. Magic bands mandatory for all guests. Fingerprints temporarily on hold. So that was a few weeks ago. And then more recently, we've had a bit more of an indication from um, the initial plan for theme parks, which were proposed by the Orange County Economic Task Force, which sounds like the most boring task force I've ever heard of. Task force always sound dull, don't they? Well, task force should be cool. It should be an interesting thing. But they're always boring. And they always have really crap names, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they really do so apparently to start I guess to start off with thing, the reopening recommendations apparently aren't mandatory which is bonkers yeah but, that's a bit bizarre isn't it um, so it will be up to individual theme parks discretion on which ones they utilise and which ones they don't so in terms of what they've recommended for theme parks a phase reopening which I think it, it, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm Although the first phase will have the parks operating at 50%, which for me is bonkers. Yeah, I mean, that feels, it feels too high, especially when you look at the stats of Magic Kingdom, right? Yeah, let's take Magic Kingdom with, with, you know, while Disney never really releases official capacity reports. Yeah. It's it's been assumed for many years that Magic Kingdom's capacity is 100,000 people per day. Yeah. Now when you sort of browse Tinternet, they say that the, you know, average daily attendance is in the 50 to 60,000 bracket. So when you're talking 50% capacity, that's 50,000 people. That's roughly what they get on a daily, on an average day anyway. Yeah. So that's no, it's no real let, no real loss really. And you think if it's busy on a regular day, capacity thing doesn't mean a thing does it no No. and especially as as especially as if they're going to be introducing um as the was it the secure circuit suggested um so social strict distancing and what was it oh sanitized ride uh, sanitized ride vehicles and then sort of like extra checks when you come into the park there'll be long queues outside of the park with people trying to get in and things like that. And there'll be longer queues for rides because they're having to sanitize between every sort of cycle. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I just don't understand how they're going to do it because, you know, we've all been there magic kingdom opening to queues or to get through security. Yeah. 
and then the queues outside when you're trying to queue up to, to um, scan your magic band, how are they going to socially distance people there? I mean, unless what they're doing is building, I think it's going to potentially be an ugly entrance to every theme park with barricades and spots on the floor. Uh, not just at the entry to the park, but, but on every single queue mm, for every yeah. single ride. I think that's the only way they can do this. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing they could do, isn't it, is put lines and things like that. Because if you don't put the lines, really, people are just going to breathe down your neck, aren't they? Yeah. Because that's what people do. I've been in so many queues, um, particularly in, in the likes of the Florida parks, uh, where people just like breathe down your neck, basically, as you're standing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had, we had a really one, a uh, really weird one at uh, Orlando International. I think he was singing to himself. I think we were sort of queuing for you know passport control uh, to to come into the country, and um, yeah, there was this guy like really close to us behind, and he was like humming a little song to himself. Lovely, kind of like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a criminal. I will be fine. <laughs> so, doctor says I'm crazy, but I think I'm fine. <laughs> so yeah, first phase would be fifty percent, then second phase seventy-five percent, and then the final phase all capacity reopening. Yeah. Um, for the first two phases, they recommended that individuals aged sixty-five and up would be discouraged from visiting. I mean, that's not going to help a great deal, to be honest. No, I think when you sort of say discouraged, it's a bit loose, isn't it? Well, they can't ban them because in America, that's uh, that's like a, fr- a, a restriction of freedom. I right. mean, you get you get the over sixty five turning up with machine guns if if you said they're banned from visiting the theme parks. Yeah, which we've already seen in uh, various states, haven't we? Yeah. Which is ridiculous. We we disagree with this. We we don't agree with this. So we're going to turn up with our guns. Okay, what are you going to do with your guns? Well, well, nothing because we can't actually use them. No. Yeah. If we, if, right. if we actually use them, then then somebody might kill us. <laughs> yeah. If you can't use them, why turn up with them? Why own them? It is ridiculous, isn't it? Really. It's it's so stupid. They turn up to these courthouses or whatever it was, or state houses, whatever whatever it was, and they turn up with their guns. It's kind of like. They're just trying to intimidate, aren't they? And it's a bit pathetic, really. Yeah, it's it's lots of people with tiny penises. Yeah. <laughs> um, utterly pointless. I, I think, you know, if anyone, anyone listening it, it took part in that, just 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 stop listening, please. Yeah, I mean, it's got, just utter There's no time for, there's no, for me, for me personally, uh, I don't want to get too political. There's no time for owning a gun in 2020. Uh, there's no need. No, no one in the UK owns a gun. And you know what? We got on just fine. Yeah, I d- yeah. Unless you unless I, you've got land to protect on a regular basis, that's yeah. Good. I think there are genuine uses for them. I'm not sure, like machine guns are necessary. Oh no, no, no. That's that's <laughs> what I mean. There's there's genuine uses for some of them. Yes, but the likes of the sort of the rifles. Yeah. The automatic, not, not automatic rifles, but you know those sort of things. The AR-15s they often talk about, isn't it? Which they all seem to have on those protests. Yeah, which is bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a need for that in today's, in the no. likes of today do. It's really it's no. crazy. Unless you're, unless you're currently on the front lines in the middle of a war, there mm. is no need to own an assault rifle. Yeah, exactly. But, but anyway, that, that's a separate issue. That's a separate issue that we've <laughs> talked about for, for some time. But I think, you know, just thinking realistically here, mm. the, the other thing they said is, um, I think, further down, maybe not on this piece that we're reading, but 25% capacity in restaurants. Right, um, okay. And what, does it, you know, what does that mean for Disney World? Because that's going to that's gonna be very odd. You know, you're going to have a normal capacity theme park, in Magic Kingdom's case, on mm-hmm. an average, 50,000, and only 25% of people are going to be allowed in a restaurant at any given time, which means there's going to be a lot of hungry people wandering around. How are they getting seem- around that? It does seem strange, doesn't it? Like the capacity for restaurants being significantly lower, considering when you're in a restaurant, uh, you're already sort of distanced to a degree from people. And, yeah. you know, they could reduce capacity by like 75%, 50% or something like that and just space things out a bit more. Um, 
you think that would be a, a better way of doing it rather than having the park at 50% capacity and the restaurants at 25. <laughs> it yeah. seems like a bit of an odd balance. I think it's probably because I guess in a restaurant you can't be using your masks. True. And they have said, I think, that the virus transfers via aircon. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, I, ha- I had heard somebody say about that, but I didn't know whether it was official or not. So, yeah, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, what happens if you've got a reservation? Like, do they cancel 75% of reservations and, and how do they decide that? Yeah, who do they decide who to cancel first? Is it first come, first serve? So whoever booked first or... Yeah, who knows? I'm not sure. It's, it's going to be an interesting one, I think. I mean, do you think... Do you think talking about having the parks being opened, not, not us talking about it, but um, the, the officials talking about it is too early yes. because it feels like to me that everything else should reopen first and then the parks should reopen because, because we're dealing, because we're talking about like significant volumes of people. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the parks should be one of the first few things to reopen. So for me, there's, there's, I guess there's two things that need to take place before I, I believe the theme park should be allowed to open. One is the complete lockdown of every single airport in America, and that extends to every country, UK, any country in Europe, whatever. And what I mean by that, and this is going to be a frustration for many, is that everyone getting off a plane in Orlando, and let's, let's use Orlando, that's what we're talking about. Everyone getting off a plane in Orlando as a temperature check before, well, even before they get onto the, to their flight, ideally, but mm. also afterwards coming into Orlando, if you've got a temperature, you're either putting, you're putting isolation basically. Um, now I know that doesn't help with a lot of people who are asymptomatic. Unfortunately, there is no way around that. As far as I understand it, unless you are testing people for COVID every mm. single person, which with testing capacity right now is completely unrealistic. And it's never yeah. going to happen. I think the only way you can do it is stop them at the airports. A, I guess, enforce social distancing on airplanes. B, make sure everyone is wearing a mask of a decent quality on planes and in airports. And C, test people's temperatures as they're coming into the airport in their local country and as they're arriving in Orlando International Airport as well. If you've got that in place... Mm-hmm you're significantly reducing the chances of bringing COVID-19 into any given country. Now, in the same way that that they stop, um, you know, baggage full of like animal and animals and plants and things like that, this should be treated as seriously, if not more seriously than that. Yeah. Yeah, And and until they do that, what's going to happen again is, so the UK is, as an example, going to open all of our airports. Someone flies in from any given country, whether it be, China or, <laughs> or wherever who has COVID-19 goes to steps on the London underground, boom, we've got another spike and we have to shut down again. Yeah, exactly. The only way you can stop this is by is stopping, stopping every single way someone comes into the country. You have to be checking people properly until you do that, which I don't think I've read plans on from any country. For me, there is no point opening anything. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to say that that's a solution because I don't have any medical background. But it seems bonkers to me that nothing's changing at the airport. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I I saw something uh, when you're talking about testing. I saw something from Emirates that said they were going to be offering. I didn't know it was a case of offering or whether it was a case of mandatory testing at like Dubai International Airport or something like that. Right. Um, and because they've got tests that can take 10 minutes to get the result back or something. I don't know how truthful that is. But obviously, uh, yeah, but you're completely right. When you've got such a large like international airport such as Orlando, um, the volume of people coming and going in that airport, it's, it's not really practical to be testing everyone, is it? Well, no, no, not really. I mean, the... the... There's no way that the airport can afford to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. unless the government gives them all of these tests for free. But as far as I understand it, there is no, there is no, there's not that many tests in the country um, to be able to do that. You know, you're talking probably of using, I mean, to use the UK's example, we can do a hundred thousand tests a day 
roughly. Yeah. Um, I mean, those numbers are a bit BS that they've they they've uh, doctored for the last day, but let's use that as a standard for any country. I don't know what US US testing capacity is, but that's going to be Orlando International in a couple of days. I would have thought um, in a few well in the space of a few days. Yeah, you would have thought so. At least um, a week, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many people go through into Orlando International, but you imagine it's an extremely large volume. Um, it's going to be thousands a day over the course of... Well, let's say within two weeks, you've got 100,000. Now, the times that by every airport in America, we've got no capacity to test anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, obviously, they could reopen the parks before they reopen the airports, technically, and just open it to domestic um, guests. Well, I suppose, I suppose when you're talking about airports, like even even within America, don't they? Because obviously a lot of people have to travel by air, given that yeah. America's so large. Um, but I mean, I guess they could, I th- in theory, they could reopen the parks, um, you know, before the airports are reopened. Um, but then they would see, you know, what, how, many, how many visitors would they actually get, do you think? It's only going to be locals, isn't it? And people yeah, don't pretty much. Yeah, people people couldn't drive. Basically, it's just going to be Florida residents. Yeah, pretty, well, I don't want to drive from like Georgia, New York, potentially even well, New York's a bit of a track actually. Yeah, but the, the local, I mean, people do do it. So I've seen. Yeah, I've I've spoken to plenty of New Yorkers that have driven. Yeah, so I think people will, but there's basically the surrounding states who will, who will drive, and mm-hmm. that's it. Um, but I think you've got to you've got to stop it at the airports. So that's the only way that you're going to be able to stop this virus from spreading. For a second wave, is to to really lock down airports, and I've just seen it's weird that I've seen no evidence of any country really doing that at the minute. Even like the UK right now, there's flights arriving in Gatwick, and no one's being temperature checked, no one's being tested, and I'm like, this is bonkers. Like, what what's going on? Yeah, they seem to say, oh, it doesn't really impact, it doesn't prevent it, but it's like, well, surely it does because if if you can stop people from not coming in, but if you can stop them from going round once they are in, if they if they've got symptoms or if or if they've been tested positive, then surely that's a way well, you, to you, prevent it, <laughs> prevent the spread. The solution really is to go right. Okay, you've got a temperature. What what? Right, you've got a temperature. We're testing you. Mm-hmm. Right, you're positive. Every uh, airport hotel in the world is now a quarantined area. So it's the, all they do is it's government funded and they push people that test positive in the hotel for two weeks. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. I think, um, there's got to be some sort of increased testing or increased that sort of thing at airports once they're reopened, like fully. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised that they still have flights coming and going who are on these flights. I don't know <laughs> because, because businesses aren't traveling. No, like regular, like regular people aren't traveling. Like, are they repatriating people? And if they are, why, why are they still doing it? Like two months in, how are these people not already come back to the country? Yeah. It's 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 bizarre, isn't it? It is weird. I found that very strange anyway. Like while, why the UK and the US were like, right, if you, if you, if you're from here and you're, you know, working in America as, as an example or vice versa, come home. It's like, what, how's that helping? Like, it doesn't matter where I live. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's weird when people who live abroad, like from where, wherever, whatever country you're originally from, if you've moved abroad and you've, and you're living there now, why you shouldn't have to be repatriated back because that's where you live. Yeah. Where, where am I going to go when I get home? Yeah, like, yeah, literally, like that's where you live. So you should, you should be able to just stay there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously, if if you're away on holiday, that sort of thing makes perfect sense. Bring people back, which you know, I assume everyone is now back. Like, given like from that perspective, they're now back because obviously all the holiday operators would have cancelled all the holidays and things like that, um, and would have rearranged flights to bring people home. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. So I guess going back to the parks, I mean, mm. they also suggested um, employees in face masks, temperatures being taken at the start of shift. I think that's a given. That's 100% going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and this is what this is the bit that Disney's going to love certainly. Um, it's possible that Florida hotels, including the Disney World Hotel Resorts, could in, um, institute sneeze guards at check-in counters. Fine. And this is it. The removal of coffee makers, coffee cups, glassware, and minibar contents from rooms. Brilliant. Disney going to love that. What's the... Yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of those make sense. You know, it's kind of like the, the sneeze guards and everything like that. Um, all that... <laughs> Every every time every time they sort of announce these sort of guidelines, it does make it does make you think, doesn't it? Like if they're having to do this, maybe they shouldn't be opening the parks. Yeah, no, I completely agree. If if you think there's that much danger from yeah. reopening the parks, why are you doing it? Yeah, because it's not essential. It's not an essential service that they're running. No. So, you know, if you're having to implement all these sort of procedures. Why is it being done? Because obviously, obviously, it is more deadly than the likes of the flu. But they don't do this for the likes of the flu. No. Um, so it is. It does seem odd, doesn't it? It's like to put in so many procedures and things like that just to be able to open the parks. It is, it is worrying. Yeah, it is very worrying. And and the problem you've got now is if the parks reopen, mm. then if that's successful, even if say ten percent of people get coronavirus. I, I don't know. Um, a, you can't prove they've got it at the theme park, which means that yeah. B, the international flights will start opening up again, which means if you've got a trip booked, you kind of have to go. Yeah, oh, exactly. Because obviously we've got a trip booked in September. Yeah. And we have to pay for that in July. Yeah. But obviously, you know, July is only a couple of months away. Um, you think, well, we don't, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, if if presumably we're going to have to pay because if we cancel, it will be on us and we'll lose the deposit. Yes. Because technically the holiday hasn't been cancelled. Yeah. Um, and if we do pay, then obviously in theory we can get all the money back, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, you you know you you don't know what's going to happen because you don't know how long places are going to take to reopen. You know, just because America reopens doesn't mean that we will reopen. No, like, it. we as we as in the UK, um, because obviously every country is completely different. And some countries, like the US, might be you know, making choices based on a political reason. You know, oh, because, I'm sure, surely not. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a guess, Ryan. It, you know, could happen. Could happen. <laughs> um, you know, because some countries might have an election in November and you know want to try and get their numbers up, but you know, no, that that wouldn't be the case. Probably not. I'm just being, yes. Yeah, I'm just probably just being sceptical there. And surely, surely they wouldn't be blaming a previous administration for a lack of vaccines currently for a virus that wasn't even in existence. That wouldn't happen, would it? Or, or trying to blame another country to cover up one's own mis- one's own mistakes. That would never happen. No, no. Fortunately, that will never happen, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, never. So I just think, yeah, I mean, let's talk about, I mean, I guess September, you know, the likelihood is if, if it goes ahead, we'll be wearing face masks, which, you know, I, I don't really necessarily have a problem with. Um, I think Disney, what Disney are going to have to do is deal with these, uh, how to put it, hicks that, um, <laughs> that don't believe this is a real virus, don't believe that they will get it. And I think they will have to enforce very strict rules for anyone that breaks these rules. And I think that for me is what they should do. Yeah. Anyone that they see who is really kind of taking the, the Mickey here. Um, <laughs> so you did that. They give them a, a month's park ban. I'd yeah. Be strict. No, I, I guess that's, that's another concern, isn't it? You know, because, you know, just because they reopen the parks and just because they, they have the um, restrictions doesn't mean everyone's going to follow them because there's a certain percentage of the population and that may be higher in certain some countries than others. Um, some, some states. Oh, George. Oh. Yeah. That, that do not believe it's a thing or don't believe the stats or believe it's somehow a cover up by like all international governments um, to, to sort of control people. Yeah. And so, yeah, they won't, but they won't follow the guidelines. Um, they won't even follow, even if even if it's not just guidelines, even if it's actual rules of the park, you must wear a face mark to visit Magic Kingdom. You'll get people that won't. I mean, there was that video that I somebody sent around the other day 
of somebody wearing a face mask and they'd cut a hole by the mouth because it's easier to breathe. For God's sake. Um, so people are stupid. People are stupid. I mean, you, you know, these would be the same people that will take an ice cream carton in the supermarket, open it, lick it and put it back. You know, yeah. there are idiots everywhere and there yeah. are idiots that don't believe this is a real virus. And there will be people that, that turn up wearing a mask and as soon as they get into the park, just take it off and put it in the bin. And oh I yeah, think, absolutely. And I think that Disney, as I said, have to be strict on this. That if I'm, if I'm sitting there and I'm Chapek or I get then I'm telling my, my managers of, of Disney World or Disneyland or anything park, if you spot someone without a mask, you approach them, obviously with, with distance. And, with a big stick and whack them. Yeah, and, and you say that while you're not wearing a mask, if they can't come up with a good enough reason, which for me there is none other than maybe, oh, I've just, I don't know, I've just come out of a restaurant, I'm just putting it back on now, you know, as an example, yeah. then you give them a month park ban immediately. And escort yeah. them off, off the premises. There is, for me, no reason why anyone cannot follow the rules. And, and th- these rules are going to be in place, I, I think, realistically, for 18 months at least. Yeah, I mean, they talk about um, until there's a, you know, there's a vaccine, that sort of thing. But that um, vaccine, I mean, that vaccine needs to be available to everyone. Yeah. And you're going to need to show part security that you've had it. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming that, well, I mean, that's a whole other world, a can of worms, isn't it? The vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you'll get a whole bunch of conspiracy theorists that won't want the vaccine. Just like, just like you get a whole load of people these days that don't, don't vaccinate their children. Well, this is it. Apparently Bill Gates is looking to vaccinate, vaccinate people with a tracking device. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, what, for what purpose is one of the richest men in the world who has shown only one interest since leaving Microsoft and, and that is saving the planet. For what yeah. purpose does he have to track your every move? Why is he? Why does he care? <laughs> <laughs> really is it, right? So, yeah. if if people were refusing to, to vaccine, and you know what, I understand in the first two three months because they're 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 pushing for a vaccine to be widely available. Like we're seeing positive things coming out of Oxford, Oxford, and here in the UK, mm-hmm. they are saying that that could be ready to start production in July, potentially. Right if the trials are successful. So if we're getting vaccinated, say in August, September, like that's very early, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. For me, that's, that's worrying. Like usually we have like 18 months, two years, a lot of testing that happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about getting a vaccine for something that's only been tested for a couple of months. I understand people's concern on that, but equally, if people aren't getting vaccinated and there is a vaccine widely available to everyone, then in my mind, if you refuse a vaccination, then you should be refused entry to a theme park. But that's fine. Yeah. Let, let, you know, absolutely, you're welcome to your opinion on vaccinations and you're welcome not to get vaccinations. But if a, a rule of a theme park is you must be vaccinated against this virus and you must have proof that you've been vaccinated, mm-hmm. then if you haven't been, you're not, let in, you're not being let in. End of. Although, although it's kind of... Uh, obviously, if people have had a vaccine and... If it if it was a permanent vaccine, I mean that's I guess that's one thing that's probably still unknown is yes. that whether it would even last. Um, if it did, then in theory they could let people into the park that haven't been vaccinated because they're only putting themselves at risk. Yep. So at the end of the day, if you haven't been vaccinated, is it's this, it's the same for everything really, isn't it? Not just not just um, COVID nineteen. Um, if you haven't been vaccinated on something, it's your risk. And if you get that thing, I have no sympathy for you um, because that's your own stupid mistake. Yes. Yeah. I guess the only exception I'll make to that is, is people that refuse to give it to their kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if you, if you're a child and your parents haven't had you vaccinated, then that's not your fault. Um, that well, is. I would say that if, if you know anyone like that, please go around the house. Well, once this is over, go around the house with a, with the largest wooden, stick you can find and beat them um over the head <laughs> profusely with uh from a distance obviously and two meter throw, stick throw some facts in their face because i've had several arguments with, with anti-vaxxers on on twitter and on facebook uh, i say arguments discussions because i always win um and they send me to the weirdest websites that you've never heard of they're like oh what about this scientific study and it's just like 
some guy in his basement who's come up with yeah. utter nonsense. <laughs> and it, the, the best one I've seen, and I, I don't want to get sidetracked too much, but the best one I've seen was someone that said that giving your child a vaccine, and I had this discussion with someone, would give them Down syndrome. And I'm like, you're born with Down syndrome. You don't, you don't develop it. And then they're like, oh, no, that's, that's not true. What? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I know there was sort of rumours, particularly around the what the we had the MMR jab in the UK, didn't we? Yes. And there was some sort of crazy rumours going round of it caused some. I can't remember what it was. It supposedly had links to something, um, but then it was disproven. Yeah. But then, obviously, since then, people you know people are a bit sceptical sceptical of it. Now, Sometimes. what I do understand is so the, the, our government, and I'm sure the US government will be the same, are working on a, um, a contact tracing app. Yeah. Now, the problem with the, this, the UK government, <laughs> is that the people behind that app are the same people behind um, the Leave campaign, which was, you know, no matter whether you voted to remain or leave, I think we can all agree there were aspects to that campaign that were a bit iffy. And there's going to be, I mean, why the government chose to use the same people is beyond me here because I mean, I'm not going to download it. I think, I think I don't think it's necessarily just a problem with who made it. I think you'll get a large volume of people that will say, I don't want the government tracking me. Yeah. And, and that will be, I think that's probably a bigger problem than who made it because I think people will just generally say, I don't want to be tracked by the government. Yeah. And you know what, to a certain extent, I do understand that aspect of it. I think they have to be very clear on what they are and aren't tracking mm-hmm. and what, how they're using your data. I think that's an incredibly important point, but I think to give it to, um, I don't, I'm not saying that the leave campaign was horrendous, but I think the, the team, the data team behind it, definitely it was proven. They did some quite dubious things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of mistrust in that particular team. Why on earth would you not choose a third party uh, like data agency or development agency to build that app for you it, it's bonkers and i think they're almost that they're almost setting themselves up for a fault like you've yeah. probably got 50 percent of the country who you know let's roughly 50 50 remain leave who are now going to not go oh this is created by the leave campaign i'm not downloading this you already set yourself up for a fault that's mental yeah i mean i i would think the i would have thought the 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 thought of people being tracked by the government is probably will probably be more of an issue. I think people, oh, yeah, I agree. I think more people wouldn't download it because of that, because of the whole tracking thing. And I think that that's, that kind of changes country to country. I think like in the likes of China, I think you would get huge volumes of people that would download it. The likes of where? China. <laughs> China. <laughs> but the likes of us and the U S and, you know, some of the other Western countries that don't trust the government. Um, would be would be less inclined to download it. Yeah, I think so. Which which is you know, again, how it comes into theme parks. That I mean, the theme parks would want to see that data as well. Um, I think if it was available, you would have thought so because they probably want to know, you know, if people have come into the park that have subsequently got it. Yeah, I don't know what they would do with that information. I suppose <laughs> because you know. How can you tell if you've got a hundred thousand, well, fifty thousand people in a park? How are you going to say, "Oh, yeah, well, one person that came into the park yesterday did have it." We don't know if you came into contact with that person. There was another forty-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine people in the park. Yeah. Um, you know what are you going to do? Are they are they going to ice? Are they going to tell fifty thousand people to self-isolate? Like this is it. I mean, opening yeah. a theme park right now is. Is, is crazy, I think. And I think you're right. They have to see what happens or they should be seeing what happens in restaurants, in local businesses, and mm-hmm. whether the spread is still contained through these new procedures. If it is, then I think that's encouraging. And that's, that's a means to go, okay, well, maybe we should be opening the theme park. Let's, let, let's test it at 25% yeah. uh, capacity everywhere. But for me, until we've got to that point, it's going to be incredibly difficult to, to know whether these parks will be um, safe to open. And I think another thing, let's, let's say Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Or 
Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, those vehicles are not six feet apart. That's not socially distancing. Are they going to leave several vehicles in between? Are they going to, like, parts of the Caribbean? Like, there's, like, five, six rows. Is yeah. one, is, is the back and front row going to be full and that's it? Like, th- these kind of questions, like, it's, who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think, because, um, yeah, even even when you, obviously, we've, we've mostly talked about the kind of communal areas of the parks, well, I say it's all communal areas, but the open areas of the park, whereas when you come down to, like, the actual rides, people queuing for the rides, if you've got to be six feet apart, you know, the queue's going to be coming out the doors potentially. And yeah, the ride vehicles, um, obviously if you've got a ride like Pirates or say like Living With The Land, say where you've got multiple rows of of, of a boat, yeah, are they going to do every other row? Um, you know, presumably they wouldn't sit parties next to each other. It would purely be a case of every other row. Um, you know, like coasters, are they going to do the same thing? Um, it's it's a bit it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Because if you take think of the likes of Rock and Roller Coaster, you are obviously sat next to somebody. Presumably, it would only ever be with your party. They wouldn't do single riders, presumably. No. Um, and then, but the thing is, you if you're the the back of the person's seat in front of you is just like solid seat. You can't actually see them. So, would they need to do every other row in that case? Would they have to unload every other row first so then you have some distance between people? And this is the thing, like, there doesn't seem to be any science between, like, confirmed science on how it's spread. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of, lots of places that are now saying you can't get it really outside. And the reason that it's, it's mostly been passed to fam- family and friends is because you're, like, right up close talking to them. And, yeah. You know, I, I think the tube is a perfect, un- or, or the un- you know, the London Underground for those listening in the states is a perfect example of how it was spread. Mm-hmm. You know, rush hour on a tube. I mean, I don't know. We've all done it. I think here in the UK, it is mental, and you are packed in tighter than a can of sardines. And yeah. you know, one 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 person on that carriage has got it. That whole carriage is getting it, like without a doubt. Um, without any mask or anything like that, which was obviously the case before this kicked off. And I think that's the reason why they're, they're considering the shutting of monorails, um, because they yeah. often get just as round. But then how are people leaving the parks? How, what about the Disney buses? Like, are they re- reducing capacity on those? Because if they are, then they're going to have to quadruple the fleet size, because even at 50% capacity, those hotels are still going to be full those hotels are still going to need to, to ship people from park to park, from hotel to hotel. And I think, how do you do that? How do you do that um, while so- maintaining social distance? I don't know. I don't have the answers. And I don't think that Disney has right now either. No, again, it, it takes us back to that point of there's so many sort of unknowns and so many sort of variables to it of like, how do you, how do you protect every area of the park that, you know do you just say well they shouldn't be opening yet yeah because because you're right you you said this you said this a few minutes ago in that you know that once once we know you know once we open the likes of restaurants and i don't know hairdressers and all this sort of stuff just general day-to-day things and then you see how it develops you know what effect does it have on the case counts and things like that are we going to see like a second wave that sort of thing and then you start opening entertainment um, resorts, not just Disney, you know, places all around the world. Theatres, uh, movie, um, yeah, you know, ev- everything. I think it, it depends on how the, the local businesses go first, I think. Mm. Yeah, because that's basically everyone's day-to-day lives. You know, they're yeah. going to restaurants, they're going to theatres, they're going to supermarkets. Obviously, with this, we still go to supermarkets anyway. Um, but, you know once these sort of things start opening, you'll see how it's going to impact people. If you open markets, supermarkets is a great example that you just mentioned, you know, they've remained open, but the social distancing is there for the, for the people that are listening. There's a lot of people that aren't listening. Um, and how do they deal with that in theme parks for one, as we've covered, but for two, there's queues of up to an hour outside of the, uh, outside of supermarkets in a minute. And a supermarket capacity is not very high. Imagine queuing, (laughs) imagine the queue for magic kingdom. You know, you're going yeah. to be going from the start of Magic Kingdom right the way back to the transportation and ticket system, just social distancing to queue. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's going to be bonkers. I just don't see how it's possible. Oh no, completely. I completely agree. Um, I mean, fifty thousand people, uh, six feet apart, queuing to get into a park. How's that going to work? Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, once they do open, you know, yes, capacity is at fifty percent, but how many people actually do turn up? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because obviously, if if it is open and countries are allowed to fly, as you said about like our trip in September, you you have to go unless you're going to say, well, I'm going to throw that money away. Yeah. Unless you're going to say, I'm going to cancel my trip and I'm going to lose all my money, um, then you're going to have to go pretty much, aren't you? And so, you know, yes, it's at 50% capacity and things like that. Um, but there's going to be a certain, certain number of people that will have to turn up. Yeah, completely. And you know what? I think um, we're in, we would be in a fortunate position in that if we decided to cancel, and I think we're in a fortunate position anyway because it's September and when the parks reopen, I think we're going to have some time to understand how it's working mm-hmm. and whether we both think it's it's safe to, to, to go. And I think that's, that's a luxury that many people won't have. But I think if, if you've had this trip booked for two, three years, which many people would have done, and it's, going to, it's costing you 10 grand plus. That's not unreasonable. If you've got a family of four, it's probably costing you 10 grand plus. You can't lose that money. You cannot lose that money. That's impossible money to lose. Mm. You've been saving for four, three, four years. You can't lose 10. You can't throw 10 grand away. I don't think anyone really can. Afford, I mean, there's very few people that can afford to do that. Yeah. So what do you do? You have to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult call, isn't it? Um, and it is bizarre. It is it is bizarre because it takes us back to that 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 point of, you know, that shouldn't it shouldn't have to be a decision that families have to make. No, um, because it, it, if it is not safe to go, then they should not be open. Places should not be open um, if it is not safe to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's it's interesting. Us um, just on the, one of the what, a, a Disney blog. And they've got a pie chart of when people think the theme parks will be open. Um, and 10% think it's going to be open in May. Well, they've cancelled most of it to, uh, to yeah. May anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, obviously I, I was due to go, well, when this episode goes out, it would have been two days ago. Yeah. Um, and obviously all my reservations up until the middle of May have been cancelled because that's when I was going to be out there until. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Vir- if we take like the holiday companies, Virgin, uh, Virgin Holidays and Virgin Atlantic, they're saying basically at the moment, anything after the 1st of June is still going ahead. They've said that for a little while now. Um, so, but, w- but whether that will be the case. But I again, I mean, just, just to finish on, I think, you know, when, with airports, as far as I understand it, with no additional um, security or testing or anything at airports, it's bonkers. And I think um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when when they open the parks up again and whether we just, just see a huge increase in spike cases coming out of uh, Orlando, coming out of Anaheim and uh, Par- Disneyland Paris or, or wherever a theme park is. My gut feel for the UK is that this season will be completely cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, what from the UK parks perspective, are you saying? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I sent this, I think I sent the message to you about this. Like, at what point do they say it's not worth opening? Yeah. Because the cost of opening is more than they would actually make in terms of visitors. Like, even on a, even on yeah, assuming they get the same capacity that they would normally get, which I don't think they would, no. like, there must be a cutoff point that says it's not worth us opening because the cost of employing all the people, the cost of getting all the food and everything like that in, and particularly if they've got to put in extra measures and things like that, it's not going to be worth them opening this year. No, no, I, I, I agree. They may as well wait until next season. I mean, bearing in mind that the season in the UK runs roughly from, March to October. By yeah. the time you're opening up in May, maybe June, but probably more July, or August in the in the UK, it's pointless. Yeah, you're basically you're slightly over probably halfway through the season by that point. Especially as the kids are probably going to have to go back to school in the middle of the summer holidays because they've missed so much school already. Um, yeah. You're going to lose a whole huge uh, bulk of the traffic. So 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I'll be, yeah, be interesting to get your guys' thoughts at home, what you think about Disney reopening, whether you think it was realistic, whether you would go, I think is another uh, question. So if you do have any thoughts, just message us on any of our social um, platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search for Theme Park Trader. And yeah, we'd, we'd, be, we'd love to get your thoughts. I know this episode might be a bit intense, but I think it's been a subject that we've been wanting to talk about. It's, it's the most important subject and, and talking point of any theme park in the world right now. So I think we wanted to just give our thoughts on it, get a bit serious, I think. But um, next week, I'm sure we'll be back to not the normal bonk, bonkers show. I think we, we still want to do that um, episode where we go through each, uh, each park around the world and, and understand um, yes. which ride we'd want to do. I think that was a great suggestion. And we will get to that. I think Peter, Peter sent that in. But we wanted to just tackle this subject as like a priority first. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please keep continuing to stay safe and don't do anything silly. <laughs> oh, silly. Don't do anything silly. <laughs> um, I, I, I do find it funny. I was thinking the other day that suddenly it's become acceptable to say, stay safe as like a as like a, a way of saying goodbye <laughs> it's like, yes, if, yeah, you, right. if you did that before you would have been like stay safe like, what? is that a threat are you threatening me yeah that sounds like a, sounds a bit ominous that doesn't it yeah. whereas now it's kind of like stay safe oh thank you thank you <laughs> as, as, as like i'm tucking into like um a curry at home having not left the house in three days <laughs> yeah i'm staying safe yeah 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 don't worry about it uh, so thank you very much for listening and we will see you again next week. Ah, there you are. And just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota and they'll haunt you until you return. <laughs>